right now on Matter of Fact. America's teenagers are in crisis. I tend to isolate myself when things get hard, but this was like a whole different isolation. Wearing the wounds of pandemic trauma. If a person is sick, they go to the doctor. It's the same for if you have a mental health need. What can be done for teens living on the edge when schools can't meet the need? Plus, could a nasal spray or pill version of the COVID vaccine soon be a reality? Is that something that's around the corner? And is your understanding that they're going to really be as effective? What this top infectious disease expert has to say about leaving the shots behind. And California's largest inland lake was once a playground for the rich and famous until it dried up. Yeah, so the Salton Sea is in essence a sink. Now scientists say this shallow dried up basin could be sitting on top of a gold mine of lithium. What's at stake for people living on the dusty desert land that was once the Salton Sea? I'm Soledad O'Brien. Welcome to Matter of Fact. America's teenagers are in crisis. That's the warning from U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. Over the past decade, rates of anxiety and depression among young people have been on the rise. The newest research shows the pandemic made it worse. According to a just-released national survey by the CDC, 44% of high school students report persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness during the pandemic. That's a 40% increase from 2009. As kids and parents seek help, they're facing a nationwide shortage of mental health professionals, a lack of therapists and psychologists, few taking insurance, and long waiting lists. Schools are trying to fill in the gaps, but school counselors are overloaded. Our correspondent, Jessica Gomez, visited one Los Angeles community where educators are trying to fast-track the help kids need. With respect to T, because we've got these DTs all over the place here. In the Los Angeles suburb of Pico Rivera, high school life slowly getting back to normal. Just stepping into campus again, it felt really good because like now I'm able to actually physically talk to people. For only child Charlene Bravo, the isolation of being at home alone for so long was at times unbearable. All that silence, it was overwhelming at times. What's been hard about school? Bravo, part of an increased wave of students now seeking help from the school's mental health counselors. We're seeing needs that are much more intensive than we would before the pandemic. The El Rancho Unified School District, predominantly Latino, was hit hard during the pandemic and school was virtual for almost a year and a half. Students will come in and their heart is racing, right? Their, their breathing is shallow. It's like their body doesn't know how to function um, in a classroom where they have to sit still, they have to focus, they have to think, they have to solve problems. While the district has increased funding for mental health counselors over the past decade, like many others in California, it needs more. According to the American School Counselor Association, California schools have an average 572 students for every one counselor. That's more than double the recommended ratio, ranking California among the bottom 10 states in the nation. You know, the pandemic is, and the trauma of it, is manifesting in so many different ways. California State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Tony Thurmond. 
our school staff see an increase in behaviors as kids have come back to school. Um, they see a lot of emotional needs. They see a lot of depression. And at the same time, our schools are saying, we don't have enough counselors to meet that need. Today we came to learn about the great mental health programs being offered here. Thurmond is now asking the state for help, co-sponsoring legislation that would provide grants to 10,000 students getting their masters in mental health fields. In exchange for the $25,000 grant, each graduate would have to commit to two years working in schools or other nonprofit organizations that serve kids. This can be someone who has a master's in social work, a master's in family therapy, master's in psychology, or a master's in school psychology, and they will get access to scholarships and help with loan deferral and other things that will help us to increase the pipeline of folks who want to be mental health clinicians. A solution counselors here say can't come fast enough for students in crisis. It's imperative that they're available for a student at their school, somewhere where they're comfortable, they're familiar, and it might be the only place that they receive mental health services or get any sort of professional help. I've been able to sleep, which was great. For Charlene Bravo, time with her counselor, she says, has literally been a lifesaver. I have <laughs> a lot of like built up trauma and like if I wasn't able to talk about it, definitely I, would, I wouldn't be here. I am very grateful for that. In Pico Rivera, California, for matter of fact, I'm Jessica Gomez. So what happens next? The proposal is in the state Senate Health Committee, but has not been scheduled for a hearing. In the coming weeks, we'll have more on kids' mental health, including a look at some innovative programs that help teenagers cope with some of the challenges they're facing. Next on Matter of Fact, another COVID variant poses a new threat. BA2, which is kind of like an evil twin sister of BA1, is at least 30%, as much as 50 to 80% more transmissible. How effective is the current vaccine at protecting you from a virus that keeps changing? And later, help wanted. Around 9 million tons of plastic are dumped into the world's oceans each year. We're giving you a look at what it will take to clean this mess up. Despite the push to return to normal, the pandemic is not over. Shanghai, China is under lockdown again to stop the spread of the new COVID subvariant. In the U.S., the official COVID-19 death toll is nearing a million lives lost. Well, now several studies show 30 to 40 percent of the people who've died also had diabetes. There is some progress. Vaccines are easing the overload in hospitals. An estimated 218 million people in the U.S. are fully vaccinated. And a fourth shot has been approved for people over 50. Researchers say a nasal spray or pill version of the vaccine might be a reality soon. Joining me now, Dr. Peter Chin Hong, an infectious disease specialist at the University of California, San Francisco Medical School. Dr. Peter Chin Hong, nice to talk to you. We know there is a new variant. What can you tell us about it? I think that's well established now that BA2, which is kind of like an evil twin sister of BA1, the regular Omicron, is at least 30%, as much as 50 to 80% more transmissible than its relative. But it's not going to cause more serious disease. 
and the vaccines work in the same way that it's worked for Omicron, which is that although not great at preventing breakthrough infection, it is spectacular still at preventing serious disease, hospitalization and death. How would you say we are impacting the spread of this new variant? Our mindset has really changed so dramatically compared to the last two years uh, that we've been living through the pandemic. I think there are several factors going on now that uh, are probably going to result in an increase in cases. may not be a surge or a vertical wall that we think about with a regular surge, and we probably won't see a lot of people flooding into hospitals like a year ago, for example. Um, so we have spring break, a lot of people moving around, still happening right now. Uh, we have um, reduction of restrictions, a large events are happening with wild abandon. And the third thing, there's a lot of circulating virus in people who are coming to this country, even though there's a negative test you need before you get into this country, there's still a window period where that negative test may have a false negative. We know that there's a fourth shot available. How soon should we get that fourth shot? I would do that the older you are. So my mom is in her 80s, and I'll definitely want her to get it sooner rather than later. People have talked about new solutions, uh, new treatments. How far away are those things? Is your understanding that they're going to really be as effective? I think we're in different stages of readiness for each of these approaches. I think at the end of the day, you're going to get a strategy that's multifaceted, has a lot of lenses. If somebody doesn't want to get vaccinated ever, uh, they may be uh, more amenable to taking a, a pill or course of pills. So I think in Canada, uh, they've looked at a, uh, they're looking at a phase one study now in a nasal inhaler. And so far in animals, it looks uh, really promising. And what that does is a little bit different approach which is to try and protect the, the front guards, the nasal and large airways, mucosal immunity, the immune cells specifically at the front. The New York Times published new research about COVID-19 and diabetes, and they have found that 30 to 40 percent of deaths, it looks like, were among people who, who had diabetes. Can you explain what that link might be? You get a big firestorm of immune cells and that causes inflammation. And that can go in lots of places uh, all over the body, including uh, the cells that make insulin. So I think that's one of the, the thoughts behind why so many people uh, with COVID can have diabetes diagnosed several months later. That inflammation uh, can shut down the cells or the factories that make insulin that help us to regulate our glucose. Dr. Peter Chin Hung, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Soledad. Ahead on Matter of Fact. The vast Salton Sea. In the 1950s and 60s, the Salton Sea was a major tourist attraction until it dried up and became a health hazard. If you breathe this air, you're gonna develop some type of respiratory problem. The rarely told story of the rise and fall of California's toxic lake. And later, meet the Admiral who has served her country on all seven continents. Find out what her next big assignment will be. America is increasingly running on battery power. Everything from cell phones to laptops and electric cars. As the country moves away from fossil fuels, car producers like GM, Cadillac and Honda are looking for a new source of battery power. 
and the catalyst for that power is lithium. The Salton Sea, which borders the Imperial Valley in Southern California, may hold the key to our battery-powered future. Researchers say the shallow, landlocked, highly salinated body of water could be sitting on top of enough lithium carbonate to meet much of the demand. The area is already home to 11 geothermal power plants, but new lithium mining is raising questions about the environmental impact in an area plagued with toxic air pollution. Our special correspondent Joey Chen takes a look at the history of the Salton Sea and the air quality concerns for the people who are living near it. Rising up from the desert sand, it was always something of a glittering illusion. Developers once dubbed the Salton Sea California's miracle in the desert, but in truth, it was more of a mirage. So the Salton Sea is, in essence, a sink. That's Wade Crowfoot, California's natural resources chief, gave me the backstory behind what is today the state's largest inland lake. Very long time ago in the Earth's history, it was a very large sea, and then it dried up. And then about 120 years ago, about 100 years ago, it became uh, a sea once again. The second rise of the Salton Sea was actually the result of a catastrophic failure. In the early 1900s, water diverted from the Colorado River burst through flood controls and spilled into the sink. Within just two years, that sink became the Salton Sea, 40 miles long, 13 miles wide, and at one point, more than 50 feet deep. It created a pontoon boat playground for the rich and famous. But in time, the party and the lake dried up. A swap with Imperial Valley farmers sent more water downstream to San Diego, a drain that is now literally sucking the life out of the lake. The primary challenge for the sea right now is the lack of inflow in terms of quantity, in terms of the amount of water. So uh, the biggest problem for the sea right now is it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And saltier and saltier. The sea's saline concentration is now higher than the Pacific Ocean. Soon only one fish species, the tilapia, will be able to survive in it. The disappearing sea is leaving a dusty and dangerous legacy for humans too. Dust from the lake bed, the playa adds superfine particulate to the air, already contaminated by industrial and agricultural pollution. If you breathe this air, you might not collapse in that moment or have asthma in that second, but over time, you're gonna either develop some kind of cancer or some type of respiratory problem. Imperial County suffers some of California's worst air quality and the pandemic has made it even more of a threat. Asthma already sends more children to the hospital here than anywhere else in the state. You feel the nose and the eyes impacted and we're on the lookout for children and older people who are suffering the most from it. Today, this corner of California faces an environmental crisis it fears could easily be forgotten, just like the golden days of the Salton Sea. This isn't Silicon Valley. You don't have people out here assembling computers or developing programs. Why aren't we giving the same level of respect to the people who are harvesting the crops and putting food on the table of people from around the nation and around the world? Saving the lake could cost tens of billions of dollars and involve complex solutions like shuttling water from the Pacific Ocean. The sea's biggest reclamation project was launched early this year, but even state leaders admit the impact is just a drop in the bucket. 
we, we recognize that it's not going to be solved overnight. Um, we need to be honest about how long it's going to take, but we also need to uh, put our time and energy and funding uh, into resolving the problem. That is before the sands of time and the waters contained in the Salton Sea run out. For Matter of Fact, I'm Joey Chet. Coming up on Matter of Fact, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a plastic pollution dump nearly three times the size of France. Hear from the man trying to organize a global cleanup effort. To stay up to date with Matter of Fact, sign up for our newsletter at matteroffact.tv. Plastic is convenient, it's also deadly. Plastic pollution is now reaching all of the world's oceans, even the Arctic, and harming important ecosystems. That's according to a study of pollution at sea by Germany's Alfred Wegener Institute. Around nine million tons of plastic are dumped into the world's oceans each year. One of the largest sites for plastic litter is the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It covers nearly 618,000 square miles, about three times the size of France. But there's hope for clearing the waters. A group called Ocean Cleanup successfully tested their System 2, removing 63,000 pounds of plastic. The nonprofit's aim is to clean up 90% of floating ocean pollution. Much of the plastic that reaches the sea enters via river mouths. And that's why founder Boyan Slat has expanded operations to rivers. So if we stop the plastic there, we have a really good shot, I think, at rapidly stopping more plastic from going to the ocean. Slat says that 80% of the plastic waste is carried to the ocean by 1,000 of the world's rivers. Next on Matter of Fact. President Biden is nominating Admiral Linda Fagan to lead the U.S. Coast Guard. How this admiral's promotion marks a major military milestone. a military milestone. In case you missed the announcement, President Biden is nominating Admiral Linda Fagan to lead the U.S. Coast Guard. If her appointment is confirmed by the Senate, Admiral Fagan will be the first woman in American history to lead a branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. As for her credentials, Admiral Fagan has served on all seven continents. Her assignments have taken her from the snows of Ross Island, Antarctica to the heart of Africa from Tokyo to Geneva. The Admiral is a marine scientist and holds a Master's of Science in Marine Affairs from the University of Washington, and also a Master's in National Resource Strategy from the Industrial College of the Armed Forces. And with 36 years of service, Admiral Fagan is the longest serving active duty Marine Safety Officer in the Coast Guard. That's it for this edition of Matter of Fact. I'm Soledad O'Brien. We'll see you back here next week. If you missed our top stories about the mental health crisis facing America's teens, the future of COVID-19 vaccines and treatments, the potential for lithium mining at California's Salton Sea, and efforts to clear the oceans of plastic waste, just go to matteroffact.tv. And listen to Matter of Fact with Soledad O'Brien on your favorite podcast provider. Watch us during the week on FYI, Pluto, and YouTube.